Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. This is Jay. What country in the world has the highest rate of mental disorders? Well, it happens to be the United States. Why is that? Is it because of all the stress and pressure that we put on ourselves through our work-life balance and families? Media the social media included, television, the portrayals we see of how we're supposed to live our life and we're always competing trying to one-up the next person or at least be as good as all the people we see out there in the world. And that's something inherent in the nature of a human being is to want to fit in is to want to be accepted. As I said, the United States has the highest number of stressed, anxious, sad people in the world at 33% of the population. So anxiety and panic attacks, things like this, are a huge issue that needs to be dealt with. And 33% is just the number that's reported. This is what's diagnosed. We know the number has to be higher because not everybody goes to see a doctor, psychotherapist, whatever it takes to get that diagnosis. They're not all getting it. So that is overwhelming how much mental disparity is out there and how little help people are getting with it. It really disturbs me. I fought with anxiety and panic attacks throughout my pretty much entire life, going through all the different methodologies of drugs, tried different therapies, blah, blah, blah. There's so little understanding of how our mind works in science. I don't know if it's repressed by certain people that want to make money Because lots of things in this world do operate on that facet, as you can probably tell by some of the certain situations that we're in. Big corporations want to make money off drugs. They don't want people cured. So, Americans want to be the best at everything. We're the best at mental health disorders. There you go. Let's look into this a little bit deeper. Is it in your mind Or is it in your body a different way of looking at things from somebody that has a particular point of view I want to share with you? So let's dive in now. To give due credit, I must mention the woman who has written this article, Emma Petit. E-M-M-A-P-A-T-T-E. If you wish to look up her article, it's anxiety is in your body, not your mind. So let's get into looking at this and breaking it down. She says, why you might want to stop talking about your anxiety and try this instead. Your survival brain versus your thinking brain, the talk therapy trap, a bottom-up solution for anxiety. Big 
big statement to make. And why do I say that? Well, because most of therapeutic models are based on emotions and conscious brain thinking um, causing most of your symptoms, not it being in your body or in your subconscious, which you have no control over. So that's kind of the direction she's going. It's She's saying it's this direction, not that direction. You guys are going the wrong way. It's like getting a goddamn map out and going, I want to make it to New York City, but instead I'm going to go drive towards California. Okay, well, New York's to the east and you're driving to the west. You're going the opposite fucking direction. That's not going to work. So if there's any truth to what she has to say, then there is a big problem with this paradigm that needs to be faced. And I have found other people besides this lady that's saying the same thing. But are they being suppressed because their models or their thought processes could possibly cause healing and allow people to get out of their zombified, suppressed state to where they are not stuck anymore and possibly able to think better and fulfill their life purpose and goals and be a more productive human being doing what their calling and purpose in life is. Well, lots of people at the top of this world's food chain, the smallest percentage of the people that have all the money would not like all the little bitty insignificant folks thinking for themselves, performing well, doing good, and so on and so forth because it could be threatening to their order and their money that is coming in from having people dulled down and in a state where they are more obedient. Because another thing anxiety and panic does is make you fearful. And when you're fearful, you are not going to take chances. You are not going to go after your God-given talent or purposes. Like I said, that you, you, you have been given a quality. You are unique in this world. There is not another human being who is like you or who will ever be like you ever again. There's so many different qualities that make up a human being between the personality, your likes, your dislikes, your ethnicity, where you're born, um, the society that you're in, your parents, uh, your friends. Um, there's so many different things that there, it's mathematically impossible. It's almost mathematically impossible when you think about how a human is is birth it's just it's the uniqueness of it all it's mind-blowing if you get down to the math of it the actual physics the biodynamics all every bit of it so beyond that let me get to the article and stop ranting let's back up fifty thousand years or so imagine that you are a neanderthal you're a fucking caveman Taking a leisurely stroll through the fields with your club. Suddenly in the nearby bushes you hear a tiger. In a nanosecond your entire body starts reacting. Your pulse quickens. 
your breath gets shallow, your eyes dilate, your body starts producing adrenaline amongst other neurohormones. Everything happening in your body is good. You are prepared to survive the tiger encounter. There's just one small problem. It wasn't a tiger. It was a prehistoric weasel. Now your body's primed for fight or flight. Your heart's racing. You're totally jacked on adrenaline, but there's no danger. That's your body on anxiety. Replace the non-existent tiger in the bushes with today. Social media. Bad traffic. Fucking politics. COVID-19. Money. Do you have enough? Can you pay your bills? Child care. Climate change. Work stress. Family drama. And then I could go on and on. You can quickly see anxiety is... Obviously going to be the most common mental illness in America because of all these things. Modern day humans are basically a bunch of freaked out Neanderthals in fight or flight mode 24-7. Anxiety is an impulse in your body that says, I'm not safe right now, says Elizabeth Stanley, PhD, the author of Widen the Window, Training your body and brain to thrive during stress and recovery from trauma. It's automatic. It's fast. It's unconscious. It's your subconscious, in other words. Subconscious controls everything you don't think about. Your heartbeat, your breathing. You can take over some of these things to a certain degree, but you can't control your uh, vascularity, uh, vasodilation, vasoconstriction. I mean, there's certain parts of your biochemistry um, and neurochemical release in your brains and other things like that that's it's beyond you. Your subconscious is in control of these things. And the better part of your operating system is subconscious. Believe it or not, it was primed and programmed at an early age. You learn to set these programs and believe them and follow through on them from an early age and it follows you for the rest of your life. And what if you set up the wrong programs? You were raised by bad parents. You had a traumatic event happen. Anything. Lots of things can occur and everything feels different to different people. These can cause stunted subconscious programs that automatically evoke anxiety-inducing Activities or panic attacks for seemingly no reason. So, we're talking about your survival brain versus your thinking brain. The consciousness is the thinking brain. Survival brain is your subconscious. Okay, so in her work, Stanley makes the distinction between the thinking brain, the neocortex, which is responsible for decision-making, reasoning, ethics, Conscious memory, learning, and then the survival brain, the limbic system, the brainstem, and cerebellum, which handles our basic survival, emotions, implicit memory, and stress arousal. One of the survival brain's most important functions, according to Stanley, is neuroception, an unconscious process of rapidly scanning the internal and external environment for safety and danger. And it does this 
non-stop, whether you are aware of it or not. You don't have to be James Bond on the lookout consciously for who is about to kill you. You are doing this as a random person living in a suburban neighborhood going to your Walmart. You're always on survival mode, on the lookout for danger. When danger spotted, your survival brain sends an instantaneous stress arousal message to your body by turning on the sympathetic nervous system. Lots of people get this confused. Sympathetic means the nervous system reaction. It means the adrenaline, all the bad stuff. Parasympathetic is different. Okay? So, anyways, back to this. Uh, The sympathetic nervous system results in the release of specific hormones that lead to certain physical sensations related to our heart, breathing, and digestion. Whatever's happening in the survival brain has these tremendous ripple effects through our body, Stanley says. And you know this if you've ever had anxiety or panic. Your world becomes dilated. Your brain stops thinking. Your body starts acting. Like stated, shallow breathing, higher heart rate, Increased sweating, your body is primed for running or beating the shit out of something or freezing and going catatonic to play dead. Anything but talking, performing, acting like everything's normal. You can't do that almost in the middle of an anxiety or a panic attack. It's damn near impossible. It can happen, but... It's so difficult and hard to explain for people that have never realized this before. Some people suffer from it chronically every single day. But if you've had it once in your life, imagine if you woke up every day and you felt that way till when you went to sleep. On higher and lower degrees, but that's the way you lived. Which would lead you to understand why some people go praying to the Lord, please God, give me cancer and let me die with some dignity so I don't have to stick a knife in my throat or blow my head off with a gun and commit suicide. Horrible to think that it would come to that, but when you live with these kind of feelings, anxiety and panic all the time, Suicide becomes a real option because you don't experience happiness or anything that most normal people do from family, friends, your children, a hobby, co-workers, a nice afternoon drive, uh, ice cream. I mean, nothing feels the same. Instead, the world is dull, dark, gloomy. You are constantly in a fight for your life. And it is so exhausting that most people eventually start to have, unfortunately, suicidal ideation. They think about it. They start wondering, what if? Could I do it? 
it's terrible, but it's true. I'm just trying to pass along here to you so you realize how serious this is. Okay, as Stephen Porge, PhD, a psychologist and the creator of the polyvagal theory, explains in an interview with Psycholive, the responses are not voluntary. Our nervous system is picking up information in the environment, not on a cognitive level, but a neurobiological level. Importantly, when we're caught in a defensive response, the thinking brain is the last to be aware that something is wrong. You get that? Subconscious is the first that knows. The thinking conscious brain is the last. The thinking brain isn't what decides whether we're stressed, whether we're feeling threatened or challenged, whether we're going to turn stress on, whether we're going to turn emotions on. Stanley says stress, arousal, and emotions belong to your survival brain. So if you want to track your anxiety, your body not your thoughts will be your most accurate map. And there's a slew of physical effects that happen when panic and anxiety come along. I've mentioned some of them. And it's because your subconscious mind perceives a threat that you may not think is a big deal, but this person experiencing it, maybe even logically they can think this doesn't make sense. I am scared to stand up and speak in front of people and I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm scared to go out of my house. I have agoraphobia, panic, fear of people. I don't know why. What happened to me? Something in my past triggered this and now just talking on the phone or walking out of the house makes me have a panic attack and I start shaking and shivering and my heart starts beating a thousand miles an hour and... I start perspiring and I stutter when I speak. I can't communicate. They can't. Some people can't explain it. Some people know where it comes from. Some people don't because it's subconscious. So let's move on to the talk therapy trap. I fell into this once upon a time. Unlike our prehistoric ancestors who might have dealt with anxiety by running, panting, Shaking like a dog or letting their cortisol work through their system, according to Stanley, modern anxiety sufferers turn to trustworthy friends. Not friends, I'm sorry. Friend, the trustworthy friend, the singular friend, their thinking brain. Cognition. Consciousness. Most people identify anxiety by their thoughts because most people identify their thinking brain, she explains. The problem is that when it comes to regulating nervous system after a stress response, anxiety, our thinking brain is the absolute worst tool for the job. That's because according to Porge, even after becoming aware of the physical response, we often don't know what has triggered the response that we're having. I just kind of talked about that, right? For Stanley, a veteran who was diagnosed with PTSD, I'm expecting here it's a war veteran or a military veteran, this realization was a huge turning point. Recovery from stress and anxiety is a survival brain job. Subconscious. We are a cerebral culture which makes us very equipped to deal with problems that require reason 
and logic. Think moral dilemmas and less equipped to deal with problems where cognitive reasoning can just make them worse. Having a fight or flight response to running late to a brunch may seem like a simple overreaction, but sitting in traffic, you are psychologically experiencing it all the same. We use our thinking brain to try and decide if the issue is worth being anxious about. And then we try to force our nervous system to comply. Our consciousness gets disconnected from our body in these moments, says Stanley. Your thinking brain decides that you have nothing to feel anxious about, so you spend your day walking around telling yourself everything is fine while still feeling physical symptoms of the fucking anxiety throughout your body. It's still there. You can talk and talk and talk and talk to it. It doesn't fucking make a difference. It's in your subconscious. It's a program that's in there. Even worse, your thinking brain may start to criticize you or shame you. And this is something with prolonged bouts of anxiety and panic attacks that happens. You start being ashamed of it. After that, it's told you everything is fine. Well, All you do is you feel like shit. You're like, well, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking moron. I'm a loser. Nobody should like me or want to be around me. This is where the shame thing starts coming in. And then, I mean, it just leads to one thing after another. Then there's a cascade. The longer this goes on, then depression comes in. Then, like I said earlier, suicidal ideation. There's no escape. Maybe you've went and saw specialists or talk therapists, psychotherapists, and You've gotten on medications and they're not working. And in fact, they're giving you side effects and shit like that. And so you don't see a way out. Even experts don't seem to be able to help you. So what are you supposed to do? Why is there not more help for people with mental health issues? This is a big question that I have since I've experienced some of these issues here that I'm talking about right now. And I'm worried for my brothers and sisters out here in the world that are dealing with this stuff. It's serious shit. And a lot of it, no matter how strong you feel like your mind is, your fucking mind is not in control. It's a subconscious program, almost like a computer, that was built when you were at an early age. Say, from when you were a baby up to 10 years old, your subconscious was instituting all these automatic programs and processes that would automatically do this and that learned by your parents and maybe somebody else being around did you wrong or something horrible happened and made you incredibly embarrassed or you were sexually abused or you were traumatized or consistently beat or somebody uh, ganged up on you on the playground and beat you up or you know pulled out their wiener and pissed in your face or who knows what anything could have happened and this is imprinted into your subconscious and replays your dad left you your mom left you when you are young you're a narcissist i hate to say that because people view narcissists in the wrong way but little kids think this way it's my fault dad left it's my fault mom left it's my fault 
I did something wrong. I'm unlovable. That subconscious imprint is left. And when that is left and there is no resolution, then there is anxiety and panic attacks that could possibly come up in the future. Over this situation, related to other things that you can't connect the dots to. And talk therapy, sitting on a couch for the next five to ten fucking years, talking about your life and stuff is not going to help. I'm sorry. I don't want to put psychotherapists out of a job, but Sigmund Freud had it wrong. It doesn't work. And so much of psychology today is based on stuff from the 30s and 40s that doesn't work. We've made no progression. I'd say it's not no progression. We've made progression, but whatever. I am on a rant detracting from the article. Let me get back into what's going on here. And I hope you found some delight in my rant. If you... This is the article. If you, like me, have spent a few decades and the equivalent of a house down payment in talk therapy analyzing all the reasons you're anxious, this is probably a hard pill to swallow. Not only did all of the talking not do too much to alleviate anxiety, but it could also even have made it more acute. Worse. What What did I just say? That's what they're saying. Our survival brain wants to keep us safe, but when we disregard our body and its signals because we're so caught up in thinking brains, stories, and thoughts, the survival brain actually perceives that as even more threatening. Like a toddler, it's going to tantrum louder. Until its message gets through. It's trying to communicate to you. These panic and anxiety attacks are a communication to you that something's wrong. That's why it becomes a vicious cycle. There is no resolution. It keeps talking to you and you either numb it with a drug or alcohol or therapy or you just breathe through it or run from it or whatever And it's still there. It's unanswered. It's untaken care of. You got to do something about it. For example, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, it's one of the most common forms of talk therapy, according to Mayo Clinic. CBT helps you become aware of inaccurate or negative thinking so you can view challenging situations more clearly and respond to them in a more effective way. That sounds great, right? While this kind of analysis could be profoundly helpful when dealing with family issues or working out ethical questions when it comes to anxiety, which doesn't take place in your thinking brain, it takes the focus on the thought, I thought there was a tiger, and not the physical response, which has preceded and even caused the thought, my heart is racing and I'm full of adrenaline and I need tools to calm down. We don't necessarily want to be aware of and feel the discomfort in our body because anxiety in our body is uncomfortable. 
yes, I know this. I've experienced this. That's I. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to share this with you guys is because I can relate to this. And let me not say share with you guys because so many people are gaslit today because saying you guys as a term for girls and guys and non-binary. I wanted to share with you human beings. There, I was politically correct. So, since I have had this and dealt with this, I'm not done with this. I haven't beat it. But this article stood out out to me because it's realistic to talk about so many of the things expressed in this article that people don't realize. And it would be sad to me not to express there's other people out there experiencing the same thing, not getting solutions, and I don't want you to feel like your life will be nothing but suffering. I don't want you to think suicide is the only way out. I don't want you to lay on a couch for 10 years and never get results and waste $20,000 or whatever. It could be more than that. It's expensive, especially if insurance isn't helping you or you don't have insurance. So, anyways... Bottom-up solution for anxiety. While talk therapy and medication are still the mainstream solution offered for chronic anxiety, other modalities do exist that offer a body-first approach. While these modalities are still considered alternative, fucking bullshit, an increased interest in brain science and neurobiology along with continued research on mindfulness and mind-body connections are shifting our psychological understanding from focusing only on the mind to seeing the brain and body as a cohesive unit. Oh my God, that's fucking earth-shattering. Really? They're a cohesive unit? The mind, the body, the heart, the gut. I mean, they say gut feeling like your gut has some kind of neuronal activity. Your heart, you can feel it in your heart. Your heart has some neuronal activity. The only neurons that feel emotions and project are not just in your fucking brain. Science has not proved it. Maybe they don't want to. But... It's a holistic unit. Your body works as a whole. So I'll tell you one thing that helps with anxiety right now. Anxiety, panic, depression, all these things. Take care of your body because it's part of the whole, the brain, the heart, the gut, every organ, every muscle, every tendon, every ligament. Eat good. Because it makes you feel better. And when you feel better, you're not going to feel as shitty. And if you don't feel as shitty, anxiety, panic, and depression doesn't have as great a chance of destroying your fucking life. I've mentioned before that exercise is one of the only things that has helped me maintain sanity. Without it, I don't know if I would be here still. I might be another statistic on the pages of those who passed 
who couldn't handle it. Okay, just had to throw that out there. Part of the challenge, according to the Pat Ogden PhD, the creator of Sensoromotor Psychotherapy, never heard of that one, is the, that you need to close the loop that was started when your body first went into a stress response. Ogden uses the example of a client who is black and frequently stopped by the police without cause. Yeah, that doesn't happen, right? Sarcasm, totally. We know it does. I'm white and I have been picked on by the cops numerous times in my life when I had an alternative look with long hair and I was a punk driving a sports car. I would get pulled over almost daily in the neighborhood that I lived in, which was a nicer neighborhood. And I was just on the outskirts of it, but they didn't want me there. So just imagine that, a white guy getting treated like that. There's a bias. Police officers sometimes do discriminate, especially with black people, of course. So fucking give me a break if you disagree with this and say, oh, yeah, they don't fuck with black people. Anyways, I'm not trying to like super elevate this situation. I'm just telling you, the police are good. The police are bad. There is a spectrum. Unfortunately, I don't believe in a great middle gray area. I believe it's black and white. It's either they're really good or they're really bad. They either idealistically are in it to help people or they are there to exercise the power of the badge that has finally given them power in life and allowed them to do what they want to do. Be racist or be judgmental or fucking exert their power on weaker people who can't do anything because they have a badge and a fucking gun and they can blow you away if you fucking don't give your driver's license and insurance to them for a speeding ticket. Because they do shit like that. <laughs> Crazy as it sounds. Okay, anyways, back to the black man frequently stopped by the police without cause. When this happened, the man understandably felt himself getting angry. Oh, yes, of course. And his body tightening up. Fight response. I feel this when they pull me over too. You're not the only one, sir. Every time I see lights, I get a panic attack. The therapist, as part of his work together with this man, helped the black man identify and act out the physical de-escalation his body needed in order to return to a regulated state. In this case, getting to strike out and defend himself within the safety of a therapy session. We want to complete that impulse in mindfulness so that the brain is integrated and it's not held inside of his body because Ogden says you need the release. That's the therapist. Okay, yes, so much of our life, that's what gets trapped is the trauma. It's trapped in our body because we never get to release it. There is actually books on this too. Trauma being trapped in your body. 
Gabor Mate. Gabor Mate. Please look him up. He's got books on trauma being trapped in your body. The Body Keeps the Score, I believe is the name of his book. Stanley offers a mind fitness training course to help people build resilience, focuses on mindfulness techniques. And while at this point, it's a cliche to tell anybody with anxiety to take 10 deep breaths, her course has helped thousands of people, including active duty military. The military is experienced, of course, in stressful situations. And they've trained themselves to turn on the survival brain, but don't always know how to turn it off. That's understandable. Studies funded by the Department of Defense show that Stanley's methods significantly helped improve cognitive performance during stress, lowered perceived stress levels, increased regulation, and fostered a faster return to baseline after stress arousal. When your body is having a stress response, the first thing is to become aware of the object that help the survival brain, subconscious, feel safe. Like what you can see and hear. One of the best ways to help the survival brain feel grounded is to bring attention to where our body is in contact with our environment, Stanley says. She, she suggests focusing on the contact between your feet and the floor or your body in a chair. You focus on this, the feeling of your feet touching the floor. Wiggle your toes. Your body is on the chair. Feel your butt wiggle it around a little bit. That changes your focus. As soon as the survival brain perceives groundedness and safety, it automatically starts recovering through this process. Obviously, when you're caught in a moment of severe anxiety, trying to breathe deeply or be mindful can feel, well, impossible. In these situations, what you need is to get the adrenaline and cortisol out of your system. This is You can see this in animals. Like, they have... This, this is what's so cool is because animals don't think about this shit. Human beings think about this shit. Adhering to societal standards... Animals, after like a gazelle gets chased by a fucking lion and narrowly escapes with a lion getting a paw on the end of his ass and scratching it and almost taking him down, but narrowly making it out, he gets far away where he knows he's safe. And what does he do? He shakes it off. You see the stress response. Animals that survive attack or get through a stressful situation, you see them shake off the adrenaline, the cortisol, the rush. They got to get it out of their system. People don't do this kind of stuff. Is there any role for talk therapy though? Or trying to think logically about your anxiety? Yes, but only once your body is regulated. Stanley says, after after we have helped our survival brain feel safe and stable, then we can work on our thoughts. Otherwise, our cognitive response continues to be biased by our stress and our emotions. Thus is the end of this article here. And you may wonder, okay, 
So what exactly is a person like me with anxiety and panic attacks, depression, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I mean, I don't have a clue if talk therapy is not going to work and the medications aren't going to work, which most people that have been on medications know. You just have got to take more and more. It gets worse and worse. What do I do? What the hell do I do? Right? So, there is somebody phenomenal that I listened to just the other day that I need to dig in deeper in on uh, what he does. A guy named David D. Burns. He is an American psychiatrist that works at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Now, the name of his particular style of therapy is taught widespread. It's CBT, but not just CBT. It's CBT team, T-E-A-M. Just like I said it, it's spelled the same, CBT team. So, it's a very particular type that he has himself. He's authored it. This is an 80-something-year-old man who has spent his entire life doing this. And most of the stuff he does today is not even for money. It's for the simple pleasure he gets from helping people have a better life, regaining their life. So if somebody doesn't do it for money then you know they love it. Then you know they're in it for the benefit of the other person. So just keep that in mind when you're looking for somebody. But look up his approach to psychotherapy. T-E-A-M. It's abbreviated, so T.E.A.M. It's Testing, Empathy, Assessment, and Resistance Methods. So, look into David D. Burns. Then, the second thing I would say is NLP, a form of psychotherapy many don't know about. It was developed by John Grinder, and I can't remember the other feller's name, but he's wonderful too, Richard Bandler. Neuro-linguistic programming is one of the main things many people use, including worldwide superstar Tony Robbins, the guru that helps people at his workshops that he does worldwide. You go and buy a ticket and get under his spell in a week and learn how to change your life. He breaks through to you by using NLP techniques, neuro-linguistic programming, neuro-brain, linguistic 
language programming, brain language programming. Your brain is fucking programmed wrong. If you're experiencing things in a difficult manner, you need to reprogram it with neuro-linguistic programming or with CBT team. Not just regular CBT, which I'm not saying that's regular CBT is bad, but the worst of them all is psychotherapy. Don't lay on a fucking couch and have somebody, tell me how you're feeling. Let's go back to your childhood and let's talk about your mother. How do you feel about that? Fuck all that shit. What we want is something that gets results. The gentleman I mentioned to you that's doing the team, um, developed the team psychotherapy, has seen results in a day. A single fucking day or two changed lives. NLP can produce results like that. The next, many may think is hocus pocus voodoo, but it's not. Hip no therapy. It's not the stage act. It's not magician bullshit. It is coaxing the body, the mind, into a state to where it's receptive and relaxed. Some people are easier to get into this. Some people are harder. But everybody can do it. It may take more sessions or less sessions for some people. But hypnotherapy has definitely produced results for lots of people in one session. Maybe at the most 10 sessions. If you see a real good board certified hypnotherapist by looking them up. Make sure you're not seeing a quack that has no certifications. Now what hypnotherapy expressly goes after is the problem we talked about in this article. Your subconscious mind. That is where the reprogramming has to happen. It can't be you consciously trying to figure it out and talk to somebody about it. Consciously telling somebody how you feel, where you think your problems are, where you're at, what you feel like when you have your issues, all that's great, but then that's the setup. That's them getting getting to know you, forming a rapport. Then comes the subconscious mind. They will find a way to get into your subconscious and not turn you into a fucking robot or turn you into a, a chicken or a killer or a terminator because that can happen. You still have your morals and things like that that are the basis of who you are and your character. That's there even in your subconscious, believe it or not. Yes. But they can find in your subconscious maybe some things you even forgot. Maybe some things that you left behind or repressed that are causing your problems you're feeling right now. So look into those different modalities if you're struggling from anxiety, panic, depression. It's in the survival part of your body and brain. 
It's not in the conscious part of your mind that everybody thinks it is. Thus, it's not a chemical imbalance. Now, with you constantly having problems for 10 or 20 years, well, I'm sure chemicals can get out of balance in your brain, but all it's going to take is you to get your subconscious programming back right, and then everything will balance back out, right? Okay, so there you go. That's it. I'm going to stop talking on this. Lot to digest, but anxiety is a big deal that everybody's dealing with. Panic, blah, blah, blah. You know, the today that we're living in, it's hard. It's hard to make a living. It's hard to pay your bills. It's hard to take care of your family. It's hard to deal with social media. It's hard to deal with politics. It's hard to deal with your neighbors. It's hard to deal with people out driving. It's hard to deal with lots of stuff. But you know what? You can do it. Everybody can. We can all handle it. We can all deal with this. You have to decide that it is not a problem. Not just by telling yourself that. Get some help finding out that it's not a problem. Get some help figuring out why you've made it a problem if it's destroying your life. But I am telling you that you're not damaged. You are not so screwed up that you are beyond repair. I don't believe that for anybody. I believe everybody has a way out. Some way, somehow, no matter what depth you are at, if you are sitting here twirling the freaking barrel of a gun with one bullet in it, playing Russian roulette while you're listening to my show and sticking it to your head and pulling the trigger. Set the gun down. Stop. Think about what I've talked to you about. Look through these resources. You are suffering. You need help. I give you help here. I give you ways out of suffering. No more. You just got to put a little bit more effort and work in. I know you're tired. I know you're beat down. I know you're suffering. I know you don't feel like doing one more thing. You're done. Just try and get to one of these type of providers that I talked about just earlier. And it could change your life. Your family needs you. Your friends need you. The world needs you. And right now, here in America, we have the most mental health problems more than anybody else does in the world. And we're controlled by drugs and pharma and psychotherapy and bullshit that's not working. We need you to stop doing that shit and get some help to where you can reclaim who you really are. Your power, your strength, your purpose and fulfill it so you can reach your destiny. Because everybody's unique and I guarantee whether you believe it or not, you have a special gift and purpose that you are put here for and I want you to find it. So find some help, get yourself fixed, get yourself 
aiming in the right direction and everything will be okay, brothers and sisters and non-binary folks out there. We're all human beings trying to make it and I want you to be your best. I'm trying to be my best. I'm trying to find my way through this. I've had my peaks and my valleys. I've been low, 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 low. So you are no lower than I've been. Trust me. I don't have to tell you how low I've been. I don't have to tell you how high I've been. I just got to tell you that I'm with you. I know I've been there. Life can be extremely shitty sometimes, but you know what? It's wonderful to be alive, and it's amazing that you are alive and that you have your body and your name and your fingerprint and your special abilities that you have. So use them. Just get fixed. Get help. Get that. Reach out to your person near you that can provide that for you start talking to people don't shut yourself off don't isolate some may say that is the devil's playground isolation if you shut yourself off from the world then the devil gets to play in your brain and it's just going to get worse right so without getting religious that's just a way of looking at it You could be a God-fearing man or woman or non-binary folk and say, oh, I get what you're saying by that. But if you're not and you're agnostic or whatever, just think that evil comes in when you are alone. We are meant to be together as human beings and it is okay to ask for help and show vulnerability and Get somebody to get you going down the right road because they want that. that Whoever's going to help you is going to be so happy to help you. And you know what? Then you're going to be doing something wonderful with your life because you have a gift that you're not using because of where you're at right now. And that's going to benefit so many people. So much love to all you folks out there in podcast land. I know I ranted a lot on this episode because I care a lot about mental health and I don't think it's talked about enough and I think more people need help with it. So please do something about it. Look into it if you need help. Don't just keep looking for the next drug. Try and find the person who can help you. Try and find the way to dig into your subconscious mind and reprogram that computer. Your brain is like a computer. Just think of it the same way. Your subconscious mind makes up the majority of your operating system. It's not your conscious mind. You think that all your thoughts are your own. No, it's, it's subconscious. It was done in your early years. By the age you were around 10 years old, you have been imprinted. You may be 40, 50, 60 years old now and you're still running off the same shit that you got when something horrible happened when you were five or six years old. There's a trauma there that makes you keep having panic, anxiety, depression, anger. Who knows? Find it, destroy it, let go of it. Be rid of it and then you be free to be your real true self. So much love to all of you, and I wish you the best. Please rate and review. Subscribe to my podcast, please. 
and I will keep delivering you more and more for free. Unless you can't stand for free, then there's a way you can contribute. As always, if you look for the anchor link to support my podcast, there is the ability to give me a monthly donation of a dollar to ten dollars. And donation really sounds cheesy, but just think of it as you're paying for good, solid information and entertainment from me, motherfucking Jay, here on the ball trying to watch over you and the rest of this world and give you information that counts, that really will make an impact and do something good for somebody or at least make you laugh or I don't know. It's, it's good for something, right? I mean, whether you are using the bathroom or doing your daily chores or you're at work listening to this, somehow I hope I'm helping you out. And where you would normally not be catching good information to help change your life or getting a giggle when you need it, I'm there. So if that's you saying, yes, that's what I'm getting, I can't stand listening for free, then please find that link and donate. I would love you for it. It would be a great help. It would keep me rolling on doing this. So take care of yourself, and I will catch you on the next episode of Keeping It Real. Take care, my lovelies. Goodbye. Keeping It Real. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts and their material and deliver it to you. But please do all this at your own risk. Keeping it real at gmail.com.